ahead, shake that jar of sprinkles, and celebrate your role as a mom. I'm Stephanie Fleece with City Moms Blog Network, and my hope is that the next 40 minutes or so bring a smile to your face, a skip to your step, and a sprinkler to, to your mundane. This is Just Add Sprinkles, Celebrating Motherhood, a podcast by City Moms Blog Network. Hey friends! It's the end of May, and all of us moms with school-age kids are feeling the same way. We are tired, and I'm done with homework, we're done with lunches, done with drop-offs and pickups. but guess what? That means summer is just around the corner. Whether you have closed out the school year, or you'll be doing so in the next week or two, we are all in the same boat. Now, whether you love having your kids around all day, or the thought of that gives you an allergic reaction, or maybe you're somewhere in the middle, we all have to prepare for the inevitable. Or do we? That's the topic of this episode of Just Add Sprinkles. So here's what you can expect from this episode of Just Add Sprinkles. First, we'll hear from one of our contributors about her ideal summer bucket list, and I promise it's not a traditional list, and it's not chock full of stuff you can pin on your Pinterest board. Also, we'll introduce a brand new City Moms Blog Network sister site, and we'll also tell you about our sponsor, Urgent Care for Kids, and their awesome new at-home telemedicine service called Virtual Pediatrics. But first, let me introduce you to our guest today. Our guest is Christine Megason. She's a contributor for Des Moines Moms Blog and also a speaker, an author, and a fellow podcaster. She co-hosts the podcast Straight from the Heartland, and it's a weekly podcast, so I definitely encourage you to check that out. She spent the past 20 years ministering to high school and college students, young adults, as well as women, and is married to her husband, Michael, and is the world's okayest mom. That's her words, not mine, to three kids. Christine wrote a fantastic post about summer activity on our sister site, Des Moines Moms Blog, and I've asked her to share it with us, and then we'll circle back and start our conversation. So without further ado, here's Christine. I want a 1980s summer for my kids. When I grew up in the early 1980s, my mom would kick us kids out of the house every summer morning. The pool was on the agenda for each afternoon, but between breakfast and lunch, the schedule was wide open, and it was up to me, my siblings, and our neighborhood friends to figure out how to fill it. My mom didn't organize playdates or activities for us. There weren't charts or stickers or jars of popsicle sticks full of creative ideas for how to spend our time. Her only rule was, don't come back in the house until lunch. Summer days had zero agenda. In fact, the only organized summer activities I can remember from youth were swimming lessons and vacation Bible school. For the most part, it was three months of wide open calendars, the days each blurring into one another because they all looked relatively the same. 1980s summer schedule. Get up, eat breakfast, go outside and play, come home and eat lunch, go to the pool, eat dinner, play outside or spend time as a family, go to bed. Repeat for 85 days in a row. 
My mom rarely checked on us while we played outside, let alone organized the activities for the day. We were free to roam the neighborhood, using our imaginations and creating our own fun. Some days, that was easier than others. Sometimes the neighborhood kids came up with elaborate games or adventures. And sometimes, we sat around arguing all morning about what we should do until we'd wasted away the hours and it was time to go home for lunch. Flash forward 35 years and now I'm the mom. Parenting through summer 2017 is not as simple. There are endless activity options available, a heightened security threat, and the beckoning lure of technology. In April, my husband and I capitalized on an afternoon car ride to sort through our summer schedule. We evaluated all the camps our kids wanted to attend, penciled in a vacation, allowed for vacation Bible school, and realized if we committed to all of it, our kids would have approximately 4.3 free days of summer. And that's when I lost it. I threw the calendar pages on the floor and started to rant. I was imagining days spent driving kids to activities and meals squeezed in between. I jumped ahead to August and felt the frustration of a busy summer spent rushing around, no different than how the school year feels. And I started counting down how many summers I had left with my kids before they had summer jobs or went away off to college. It was April, and I already hated summer 2017. Until my husband and all of his brilliance said, what if we didn't do any of that? What if we just didn't? Before I could even object and try to explain why we had to do certain camps and activities, something rose up in my heart. It was hope. It was a vision It was my 1983 eight-year-old self waving me to come join her for a 1980s kind of summer. And so I did. We tore up the calendar. We said no to most of the activities and organized events. We resisted the urge to line up plans to keep the kids busy, opting for boring days. The kind of days my kids initially hated because their boredom muscles had rarely been used but the kind of days my kids are learning to embrace because they feel so good to their souls. A break from the normal flurry of the school year, this summer's pace is different. No rush, no activity, no busyness, only rest, freedom, and imaginations at work. And no planning, driving, or organizing for mom. Hallelujah. It's early, so my kids are still figuring out what a 1980s summer looks like. Frankly, they aren't very good at it. But I'm staying strong and trusting that at the end of August, we'll start the school year refreshed and more connected to each other. And I'll be smiling as I look back on our 1980s summer. Hey, Christine. Welcome to the Just Add Sprinkles podcast. Thanks, Stephanie. I'm so, it's so fun to talk to a fellow Iowan, right? I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, and a fellow podcaster because Christine has her own podcast. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. Oh, well, you know, so I have a podcast with a girlfriend. It's essentially kind of in that girlfriend genre of podcasts. Like you're having a cup of coffee with us at a coffee shop. Uh, Her name is Sarah Lubach. And so she and myself started this podcast in February of 2016. So we're well into our third year of doing it. And we talk about everything from marriage and motherhood to faith, family, kids, 
fashion. I mean, just kind of a, what would you be sitting down and talking with your girlfriends about over coffee? That's what we talk about week in and week out. Comes out every Tuesday. And yeah, I cannot believe that we're in our third year already. It's crazy. That is crazy because we are still newbies in this, but well, her podcast is straight from the heartland. And so make sure that you guys check it out because, uh, awesome stuff to hear from Christine and her friend. And, uh, yeah, I just love that fellow Iowans and fellow podcasters here. Uh, (laughs) yay. Well, here is the reality of my life as well as I've got to assume, assume your life. My kids are almost going to be out of school. Yeah, it's, you know, the date is coming. And yet there's this element where I don't know if, if this is true for you. I like summer in that it is just a break from the school year, a new kind of schedule. And that kind of re energizes me as a mom. Uh, But I also know what that can feel like with summer. (laughs) It can feel somewhat overwhelming. So I have this mixture of excitement and dread and it's their equal parts. (laughs) Oh, totally. I mean, I, my preschooler is her last day is this Friday and I still have a number of weeks for my elementary school age kids. But yeah, I am like, should I be excited? Should I be like dreadful (laughs) the the last school bell (laughs) coming out? Yes. And when my kids were little, summer was really hard um, because I worked from home and I was so used to kind of having time to myself and quiet. It, and now they were just there all of yes. the time. And so it and they just demanded more when they were younger. Now, as my kids are all in school and they're older and we're going during the school year, I, I actually have grown to cherish my summers more and really try to soak them up because I know that my time is so limited. Goodness, Stephanie, we have 18 summers with our kids. That is it. And my oldest just turned 14. And oh so I have, technically I have four summers with him left, yes. right? Oh gosh, And so now I, I have entered into that season of motherhood where I am like soaking up every moment that I can have. So whether it be breaks, you know, at Christmas break or spring break or summer, I just soak it up. So, but believe me, it was not that long ago when I remember being completely overwhelmed and being uh you know, ready to just send the kids back after about two weeks of summer. So I get it. I I know both sides. Yeah. And let's talk about the fact that the sun comes up so early and is out (laughs) so late. And so, which is a lovely part of summer, but when you have small children and they're not sleeping as much because they're not like winter hibernation, you know, they are bright and early and want to stay up late. They are. So now you're in a season where it looks a little different. It might be a little bit more hands-on. They're not at school eight or nine hours a day. They're just at home. And you're right. The days are the longest possible length that they could be in the year. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh. And it's like, I mean, so much of motherhood in life is this bittersweet tension. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. but I love the long days, but I hate yes. the long days. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, so, so interesting. So, right. so let's first about talk about our childhood summers, because that's mm-hmm. what you were talking about. And then I feel like I need to hear from you about how your summer went last summer and how it's changing possibly this summer. So let's talk yeah. about what our summers were like when we were little. 
for nostalgia. Well, I mean, really, they were really simple, right? I mean, I talked about it in the post. There was nothing to it. I don't uh, remember anything really being organized. I basically got up, played, ate lunch, went to the pool, came home, dinner, done. And every anything anything outside and playing was just sort of left up to me and my siblings and our neighbors and our own devices. I don't really remember uh, my mom, you know, coming out into the yard and being like, let's organize something with all the kids or here's some chalk or bubbles or, you know, something for us to do. She wasn't really doing that. I don't think any parents were at that time. I think that's something we that has been, it's more of a modern mom phenomenon where we are, there's a pressure, I think, for moms to make summer magical for their mm-hmm. kids. And, and because I think we do have fond memories and that's what I try to go back to is that, you know, despite the fact that my mom didn't plan a lot of activities for me and my days were pretty basic and didn't really have a lot in them, mm-hmm. I have super fond memories of summer. So we as moms, we have the memories, but somehow we need, we feel the, the need to facilitate this for our kids mm-hmm. through activity, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, we, I find- there's pressure to make it magical for them at every moment so that they go back. I think the pressure is so that they go back to school on day one and the teacher says, what did you do this summer? And they just have so, like they don't even know where to begin. There's so many things that they could say. Yes. Oh, totally. I, I think the idea of how we define magical is incredibly intriguing because to your point, my summers when I was growing up were super similar to what you said. We had breakfast. We rode our bikes to the neighborhood pool for swim team practice. Everywhere. We rode our bikes home for lunch. And then we went back to the neighborhood swimming pool in the afternoon mm-hmm. to only come back for dinner. And then we played night games with our neighbors and we went to bed. <laughs> that's what we did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now, and, I mean, and that's what you remember. And it was beautiful and you loved it. Oh, yes, totally. And so in my opinion, I would say like I had a wonderful childhood growing up and my summers were magical. But again, I and I wonder, you know, and I'd love for you to speak to this. I, I do think that social media does play into this redefined magical summer in that. And it, hear me out, like I am not anti-social media by any means, uh, but oftentimes all we're seeing is these one-off, one fun things that people are doing, moms are doing with mm-hmm. their kids. And we think, oh, if they're doing that, we need to do that too, which means mm-hmm. that all of a sudden now every day has to have some sort of planned activity to it. Uh, yes. But I mean, that's just part of it probably. Well, Instagram would not be very interesting if there was just a picture of you and your kid and you're just sitting reading a book. Like, that's not particularly fun. So I agree. You know, a lot of the downtime uh, and boredom that you can build into a day for a kid that's actually really good for them is not very interesting visually. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned boredom because my, my kids, you know, summer or not, they'll often be like, I'm bored. And Mm -hmm. I always am like... Being bored is a choice, girls. So right. <laughs> you either choose right now to be bored or you choose to come up with some sort of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think that's so interesting. Well, okay, let's talk about now, you know, now that we've talked about what our childhood looked like and the idea that went into this post, how did last summer go with giving a lot of white space to your calendar? 
Yeah. You know, it was a great experiment, and I would say it was successful in the end. Uh, so much so, we can get to this in a minute, that we're, you know, kind of implementing a similar approach to our summer this year in 2018. Right. But last year, it was uh, what was good about it is like we were talking about, it was forcing, it forced our kids really to get creative and to exercise some muscles that they don't get to use very often, which are those boredom muscles, that downtime. Uh, because we live uh, in a culture that we're, it's just very busy and our, our kids have a lot going on. And that was really sort of the motivation for changing it up last summer because we just knew that, you know, school year uh, from August, September, all the way through May, was very structured for our kids. Uh, you know, they went to school all day. They may have activities or things in the evening. Every day looked pretty similar, but every day was busy. And so our hope for summer was that it would look different. And like I said in the post, we started looking at our summer and it started it looked very busy and it didn't look different. And that was mm -hmm. when my husband asked the question, well, what if we just didn't do this stuff? What would it look like? And there was just this sense of relief. And we wanted that same sense of relief for our kids. Mm -hmm. We wanted them to experience a, a break from the busyness, a break from the routine of having to be somewhere, of having to think about what time do we need to eat dinner because we have to be somewhere by a certain time. We do that for nine months of the year. So what would it look like in the summer if we just had a, an easier, uh, freer schedule and we didn't plan a bunch of stuff and it forced them to then figure out how to entertain themselves. And it was challenging at first. Sure. They didn't yeah. know what to do. Right. I mean, every they, we would wake up at the beginning of the day and they would say, what are we going to do today? I mean, that's just the normal question. And they would, and I would just say, I don't know. What are you going to do? <laughs> and they, it was infuriating for them at first, at first. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that as the summer went on, they began to embrace the rhythm of just downtime, of no pressure or rush about things in our life. And began to exercise some independence, like you talked about riding your bike around, around town. Um, that was something that we began to let our kids have a little bit more free reign, like we had had in the 80s, to adventure a little bit. Mm -hmm. and, and that kind of goes against the grain of parenting today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, there yeah. may even be folks listening today that are like, whoa, no, this lady. Mm -mm. But uh, we wanted to see, you know, if our kids – you know, we wanted to just entrust to them. We believe in you. We know you can make good, smart choices and give you a little bit of freedom to, you know, ride your bike to the library, ride your bike to the ice cream shop or to the sports complex to shoot baskets and come back. And, um, I'm mean, gosh, that's what we did. Right, Steph? Like we, yes. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, and, and it was yeah. wonderful. Yeah, and uh, for those of you that are listening, Christine's kiddos are a little bit older, uh, so that's uh, might look different for toddlers. <laughs> like we probably exactly. don't encourage you to let your toddler ride their bike to the library. <laughs> but, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think there are age-appropriate ways for us to, to your point, give kids some freedom and space to have to be able to you know, like prepare them for mm -hmm. this life that's ahead of them. And so I think that's very wise. And when we don't give space in our calendars and space in our lives to 
enable, not enable, give our kids the freedom to do that, then it doesn't happen. So that's really interesting to me. Yeah, exactly. And I do think that, you know, at first it was difficult because we are so used to being busy. We're used to having going from one activity to the next. So to have very limited things on the schedule at first was hard for them. But then, like I said, I really do feel like they began to embrace that and enjoy the downtime and no pressure to be somewhere. And um, it was yeah, I feel like it was a good experiment for us. And we did some fun things as a family. Uh, I just felt with when they looked back on their summer, I didn't want that. I, I didn't think that they would remember, you know, the third day of the second basketball camp that they had gone to. Right. But they would probably remember that we took a day trip and we went and saw the world's biggest popcorn ball. Like that's something that they're going to remember, right? Right, so, right. Yeah. Um, we looked for ways to say, okay, we're going to have a lot of just downtime. You're going to have a little more freedom. And then when we do do things, we're going to do something that's just interesting um, rather than just fill the space with, you know, another camp or another lesson or that sort of thing. Not to say anything, any of those are wrong. I mean, I feel Mm -hmm. like those can be really valuable. They're a great option for parents. I think especially working parents in the summer to enroll your kids into camps. That's a perfect opportunity, um, and a great way for kids to use their time in a really productive way. Yes. Um, but I did feel like we, since we did so, we do so much of that during the school year, I wanted the summer to just have a little different feel and mm-hmm. it was great. Yeah. No, I love, you know, as you were sharing, uh, about the idea of the school year being so busy on average, especially for moms that have kiddos and that are school age. Uh, I find that that's very much the truth for us. But uh, to your point about this summer being different, I just kept thinking about how I do think just naturally our bodies need a reset season of some sort. Mm-hmm. Like our, we cannot just go at lightning speed for 12 months out of the year, like, or we're going to burn out. We're going to get sick. Right. I mean, that's just natural for us as adults. Right. And so right. I find it fascinating to think that, uh, in over scheduling our kids, my personal opinion and over scheduling our kids for 12 months, you're essentially setting them up to feel like that's what their life should be like all the time. Right. Uh, well, and, no and that's wonder why you're why. seeing. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> well, and that's why you're seeing um, things where they're calling it the quarter life crisis now instead of the midlife crisis. You're seeing huh. college age students or have just maybe graduated and they're in about in the mid 20s who are just saying, I got to take a break from life. Like I have worked really hard through, all through high school to make guarantee that I would get into college. I've worked really hard in college to guarantee that I get a job. And then they're leaving college or maybe a year into their job and they're just saying like I'm done. I have been working my tail off for the last 8 or 10 years. I need mm-hmm. a break. And you're seeing them just like exit out of their life and go travel somewhere for a year or two or whatever or just start to reevaluate and say what am I doing with my life? And I really do think it has to do with going at that crazy pace for so long um that they're burned out just like what mm-hmm. you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I have I have plenty of friends. I mean, I definitely will in full transparency admit that I tend to probably 
underscheduled my children, even during the school year. Like I only let them do one thing at a time. And generally speaking, I only sign that one thing is a pretty low commitment one thing. Like I just, I want our home to be a place of refuge, not just for rest refuge, like they only sleep Mm -hmm. here, but a place that they want to be at because it's a safe space for them. And so that means Mm -hmm. we have to build in space, you know, to give them that opportunity to create that. But so I, that's kind of the camp that I fall on. But, you know, I have tons of really great friends that um, I think in a lot of respectful ways, they want to give their kids all of these opportunities, you know, especially in the summer when their schedules are a little bit more free. They're like, oh, my kid Mm -hmm. wants to try this. And so I signed them up for this, but then I signed them up for XYZ as well. Uh, And I I see value in that for sure. But Mm -hmm. my, my, my like general inclination is like, they just need to build a fort in the backyard. Like, I love that, (laughs) you know? Uh, And so it is interesting because there's definitely like different camps that people fall on. And I can see both sides of the spectrum. Uh, But I'll definitely say that I, going into the summer, am like you in a lot of ways and that I want to create some white space for my kids to be bored and to create adventure in ways that are not on our calendar, but are kind of spontaneous. Spontaneous and yes. um, having to use just their mind, you know, to create things um, outside of the box. So, uh, yeah, you're so, so okay. right, so valuable. Yeah. So, okay. Now that you've gone through last summer, uh, mm-hmm. let's talk about this summer as we're um, anticipating with all sorts of really exciting hearts, <laughs> like yeah, yes. su- summer starting. Uh, what do you think this summer is going to look like for you? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, and it's a good timing, too. My husband and I, 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 well, it's been probably two weeks now that we keep saying, we need to sit down and talk about summer. We need to nail down summer. Um, Just to to decide together, you know, are we going all in uh, like we did last year with just really nothing on the calendar? Uh, Do we want to build in some activity and what is the right balance for us? I think our conclusion after last year was we really liked the break and um, our kids liked the downtime and enjoyed just the flexibility of not having to be places at certain times and not having their schedule filled. Um, I would say that by the third week of July, we were all losing our minds a little bit. (laughs) And so um, I think as we approach this summer, Our thought is, you know, letting each of the kids kind of choose a camp activity, something that they want to do this summer, and see if possible to schedule it in the month of June. Because we feel like they're still somewhat in the vein of a routine, of Mm -hmm. activity coming off of the school year. And you can kind of ease into maybe not as early of a start. Maybe it doesn't last quite as long. But I think that transition between the school year and summer is really hard because they've been used to so much structure mm-hmm. and and pe- and people and friends, and then all of a sudden you just go cold turkey. Everyone sure. is dying after yeah. you know five days. So yeah. if we can maybe have that camp as a mixture of a little activity and a little friends um, in June. And then you kind of ease your way into the summer and ease your way into just more unstructured, unscheduled time, kind of mid-June into July. And then I think you kind of ramp back into August, sort of kind of getting them back into routine, preparing Mm -hmm. 
to go back to school. Because again, that's cold turkey. I feel like the first two weeks of school are bananas because the kids are like, I have to get up and then I have to sit in a desk for how many hours? And and that's hard because it's been loose. So I don't know. I'm seeing now the benefit of maybe buffering our kids a little bit on both ends of the summer. And Mm -hmm. then the middle is our sweet spot with just a lot of freedom. Mm, I love that. You know, in in some ways, I don't know if you're like this, but when I go on vacation, just uh, my husband and I, which doesn't happen very often, but when we do, it takes me a couple days to ramp down, like, and then <laughs> yes. get get like accustomed to going back to reality. And so I think to your point with summer, like trying to schedule, I say schedule in air quotes, you know, plan it so that you're, you're ramping down, giving them really what you're giving them is a sabbatical of some sort, you know, mm-hmm. in yes. the month of July. And then again, ramping back up. And then also I loved your point about going back to school because especially my kids are little. Um, and when school starts, that was first, that first month, they're so mm. tired. They're like, so tired, they're like, yes. how, how dare you put me back in school where like, it's so tiring. <laughs> so yes. um, yeah, focus for, that. for so long each day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's just so much time for them to try to focus and yeah, it's good. I feel like to kind of start to set them up a little bit. I mean, I think their teachers will thank you. So. Yes. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Well, one of the things that we do and I, I like to create free space as well. But uh, around this time every year, we do a summer bucket list. And when we do a bucket list, it's not like huge, grandiose things, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Like one of them will be a water balloon fight or like draw with chalk on the on the driveway or go Fun. get an ice cream cone or go on a family bike ride. I mean, none of it is like crazy. I mean, some of them are like go on a family trip, which we generally do in the summer. Uh, But the bucket list for us has been a fun way to like, if they find that they're bored a lot, like Mm -hmm. we can say, okay, can we pick something on your bucket list for us to do? And none of it is again, like huge, but it just kind of gets them starting to think like, oh, we do have fun things that we can do uh, and use those muscle strengths. So we're going to start working on that here soon. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And it's so nice to have those just sort of in your hip pocket because you never know when the day is going to come. And it will come at some point in the summer. You're going to have that day where both you and your children are just over summer. You know that day is coming at some point, whether it comes in July or the first week of August. And you're looking at the calendar and realizing, goodness, we still have 20 more days to go or something. (laughs) And and so you know that day is going to come. So it's so good, like you said, to have a list or something in your hip pocket where you're saying, when we reach that day. I'm not going to pull it out early, although I'm going to be tempted. But when we reach that day, this is going to be my go-to where I can say they, they're losing it, I'm losing it, and then we just, boom, have this activity, and suddenly I'm going to be the hero, and everybody's going to be happy again, and we're going to ride this out into the sunset. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, Christine, this has been so lovely to talk through both of our strategy for summer because it does take a little bit of strategy even this even if the strategy is white space on your calendar well that's we have so true yeah 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 well uh, I have loved talking with you about this and blessings to you this summer I hope it's full of all sorts of adventure and as few times to be like I've hit my wall. I'm done with summer as possible. (laughs) But yeah, well, I'll look forward to hearing how this summer goes for you. So thanks for being on. 
Thanks. I appreciate it so much. It's been great talking to you. I'm Michelle Fortin with City Moms Blog Network News. City Moms Blog Network is proud to announce the addition of Gulf Coast Moms Blog, which will reach moms throughout the Gulf Coast region of Mississippi. Gulf Coast Moms Blog went live on May 22nd and is the latest to join a national network of nearly 90 parenting resource websites and under the leadership of Elizabeth Slade DiLorenzio and Christy Bjork Elias. Gulf Coast Moms Blog will provide encouragement for moms, information on local parenting resources, and organize events where moms can connect face-to-face. Here's what new co-owner Elizabeth Slade DiLorenzio has to say. Readers can look forward to a positive community for moms. We are taking a one-coast approach to be inclusive and ensuring our contributing writers come from diverse backgrounds, so we provide a resource for all moms. Elizabeth Slade DiLorenzio and her partner, Christy bjork are the most recent in a quickly increasing list of moms signing on as site owners within City Moms Blog Network. The network now has nearly 90 sites nationwide and millions of readers each month. At each site, a local mom like DiLorenzio or Elias sit at the helm and recruit more local moms to contribute content and offer expertise in all topics associated with motherhood. All City Moms Blog Network site owners are connected to a network of like-minded entrepreneurs running sites across the country. This community of moms, all dedicated to connecting moms in their own cities, work together to make sure each site is successful. If you're interested in joining our sisterhood, please visit citymomsblog.com. This episode of Just Add Sprinkles is brought to you by Urgent Care for Kids. Urgent Care for Kids is a pediatric specialized urgent care offering expert pediatric care in 10 locations across the greater Austin, Houston, and Dallas-Fort Worth areas. Services include everything from strep testing, sports physicals, x-rays, minor allergies, or burn treatments, and more. Urgent Care for Kids is also now offering at-home telemedicine service called Virtual Pediatrics. So let's be honest, it can be incredibly difficult to leave the house with a sick kid. And now the great thing about Urgent Care for Kids is that you can pull up their app on your phone or computer and quickly connect to a live pediatrician within minutes. So no more rushing off to the emergency room or waiting days for an appointment. Urgent Care for Kids truly has the child and their family, as well as you, mom, at the forefront of their minds, whether you meet them online or in the clinic. So right now, just in time for summer camp in Little League, they are offering our listeners a $20 discount on sports physicals in any Urgent Care for Kids location. All you have to do is mention City Moms blog or use the discount code UCK20OFF. And so that stands for Urgent Care for Kids. UCK20OFF is the discount code. So if you're interested in learning more about Urgent Care for Kids, please visit UrgentCareKids.com to learn more or contact a location near you. Again, those locations are in Austin, Houston, and Dallas-Fort Worth, and there's 10 different ones. So hopefully there's one close to you. That's it for this episode of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood. A special thank you to our guest, Christine Megason. You can learn more about Christine on her website, christinemegason.com, or listen to her podcast, Straight from the Heartland. Additionally, a huge warm welcome uh, to our Gulf Coast Moms blog. We're so glad to have you in our network. And don't forget, Urgent Care for Kids. Thanks so much for sponsoring this episode. 
And just a reminder that our listeners get a $20 discount on sports physicals in any Urgent Care for Kids location when you mention City Moms blog or use the discount code UCK20OFF. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, And as always, remember, you are doing a fantastic job at this motherhood thing. Keep it up. And as I always mention, don't forget to just add sprinkles. For show notes and more information on this episode of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood, please visit citymomsblog.com. There, you can find more information on our topic, our guest, and our host, Stephanie Fleece. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to give a review wherever you listen to podcasts so we can keep encouraging moms to celebrate motherhood and just add sprinkles.